What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that's exactly what you'll get. They can help you find work in any industry with just one interview at Express. You have a connection to endless jobs, whether you want a contract job, a new full-time role, or a summer job. Choose Express Employment Professionals. Express has more than 860 locally owned locations and no fees for job seekers. Visit expresspros.com today to find a location near you. The weather is heating up, which means summer is almost here. Macy's is my go-to place for summer fashion, and I'm getting so excited just looking at Macy's.com for new bathing suits, beach towels, even floaties for the kids. They have all the poolside essentials. Macy's has everything you need for any summer occasion, your summer trip, wedding, or graduation. Macy's has you covered. You can shop all your favorite brands like DKNY, Michael Kors on 34th, shop at Macy's.com or in store. Get ready to simplify your life with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. Stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Plus, with Wi-Fi for up to 10 devices, you can keep everyone entertained while on the road. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. Discover the convenience for yourself and see if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicles and operation compatible device and vehicle require. Hey there, mamas. Everyone knows how it goes. You're giving it your all to breastfeed or pump for your little one. But there are times when you might need a little extra help. That's where traditional medicinals Mother's Milk comes in. Mother's Milk is an organic herbal tea blend designed to support healthy lactation for breastfeeding and pumping moms. Plus, it's caffeine-free. Learn more about Mother's Milk at traditionalmedicinals.com forward slash Mother's Milk. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This project is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Wind Down with Janet Kramer and Michael Kaufman, an iHeartRadio podcast. You know, we always do this show right after lunch. And it's actually, it's, and there's been times where I haven't eaten lunch beforehand. Woof. And it's not a good sight. I could probably go back and in the first couple minutes be like, oh, I didn't have lunch that day. Yeah. Did you have lunch beforehand? I had a bar. You know what I want to have that I haven't had in a while? What? Tuna fish. That actually sounds really good. Out of a tuna can. That sounds good with some mayonnaise, some light mayo, a little celery. Yeah. Uh, Can you make that tomorrow? Sounds great. I actually would love that right now. I know. It sounds amazing. And then we'll eat it on air because Mark loves when we eat. And that's a perfect thing to eat on air. A lot of stuff. Smacking. Oh, That'll drive oh Mark man, up the wall. the worst. Yeah, it will. Um, if I'm taking some deep breaths, it's because I've got some new puppies on my chest. Everyone's dying to see. You know what's really funny about getting a boob job is my friends that have gotten boob jobs before, they're always like, you want to see? And I'm like... Yeah, sure. Like, I mean, weirdo. Like, but now I'm like, every person I'm like, you want to see my boobs? And I'm like, unzipping my, I don't know what it is. I thought of, I started laughing to myself last night because before I was that person that was like, I mean, sure. Yeah. Like, I'll see. And now I'm like, every neighbor girl I've showed my boobs to, I'm like, you want to see him? And I'm like, <laughs> flipping my boobs open. Does it feel like artificial? So it doesn't seem as like, intimate or something like what is it about that that makes it so mark would you like to see he like comes on i have lots of questions but mike's is excellent so i would like to hear the answer to that first yes 
Um, I think it feel. I mean, it's it's not that. It, I mean, yes, are they artificial? Sure, they're fake, but it's like a new toy almost. Like you want to see my new toy? <laughs> you got a new car? Check, come check it <laughs> and out. And it's almost not as like. For example, I was embarrassed when I would show my boobs to my like. I would always hide. Mm-hmm. Like my doctor, Doctor Unger, who did my boobs in Nashville. Like he was like. My areolas looked like dinner plates. So it's like, you know, the last time I showed my girlfriends, they were like, <gasps> and had like the gasp thing. So it's like, now I'm like, you want to see my babies? Like, I'm like proud of them in a weird way. Mm-hmm. And maybe they're not as, yeah, it's not as like, I, I don't know. It's not as like, ooh, like I'm, I'm like afraid to show them or mm-hmm. I'm scared to show them or I'm embarrassed or something. So you think it's more of a confidence proud thing instead of like you don't even feel like they're yours yet because they're these brand new things that you haven't yeah. had yeah, or haven't. is it a mix of both i like I, I think once i'm like they settle and the scars are healed i'm not going to be like check out my right, boobs right, right. i think right now they yeah they don't feel like mine for sure that makes so that's sense. why it's like it doesn't feel as Personal. Personal, yeah, yeah. Intimate. But eventually I'm not going to be like, yeah, you want to, you know, unless like a girlfriend who's thinking about it. Right, right, But I'm not going to show Molly. But Molly's like, let me see. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like unzipping my thing, like, and hoping, you know. <laughs> At the bus stop before the kids get there. <laughs> Literally, that's when it was. <laughs> but yeah, it's, I'm right, I'm seven days. So now it just feels heavy. Like just like a tightness, mm-hmm. but I have no, I have no regrets. I just want the tightness, heaviness feeling to go away because that's the mornings and the nights suck because it just feels really heavy and they're a lot bigger than I thought they would be. But the doctor said they're going to go down. See, Mark. Oh Jesus! <laughs> like they're uh-huh. like like yes. this will go away. Yeah. That so. little shelf there. The the shelf. <laughs> like it's not going to be high like that it'll be the third chin yeah it'll go down which because i want small i want it small right and here's the thing you know it's it's so weird to even kind of talk about because i think women should embrace their bodies i shouldn't have felt uncomfortable about my boobs but i mean you would see me even when you'd come in the shower i'd kind of like hide my boobs because mm-hmm. it was just and i i think women should embrace their bodies no matter what but i also think it's okay to do what you want to do to have that extra confidence too. Right. I think that's the thing, right? Like society or, or people, especially, I mean, I can't, I can only understand to a certain extent cause I'm not a woman. So I can't even imagine the pressure that, you know, society has put on women over the years. And, but I think it's okay if someone wants to alter it for their own personal reasons of feeling more confident mm-hmm. for whatever reason, then yeah, sure. I don't think they should be shamed about it. And they also shouldn't be shamed if they love their body the way it is. Yeah. It doesn't, you know, there's a there's that fine line there, but I don't think you all need to feel ashamed or, or feel like you have to explain or defend yourself for your decisions on your body. Yeah. Yeah, because I've heard like some people be like, well, why would you change what God gave you? And, and then the other thing is like, you should embrace your body. I'm like, I am embracing it. I'm just also... Doing what I want to do too. Which is totally fine. Yeah. And it's all good either way. But I, I'm already kind of I'm like, all right. Like, hey. <laughs> Feeling a little more confident. <laughs> yeah. Good for you. Mark, Mark, do you have any questions about breast augmentation I, and I, lips? I, I, I've actually taken notes here. I have a long list of questions. Uh, but to that point, I'm always torn on that whole thing. Because, yes, of course, you do you what 
whatever makes you happy. But mm -hmm. then there's the other side of it, which is you should embrace yourself and the message you send to the kids. Sure. Yours are a little young for this, but mine are older. And if my wife wanted something done, I'm not sure I'd want to send that message to the kids. If you don't sure. like something about yourself, change it. Mm -hmm. I feel like if you don't like something about yourself, find a way to embrace it. I'm not sure what the answer is to that, but I'm glad you're happy. And I can tell that you're happy with this whole thing. Questions. Um, did you take before pics? Yes, before and after. Well, so I have a before photos and then it's, they say they're going to settle in like a few months and then I'll take an after photo. Got it. Uh, so it's probably too early to ask this, uh -huh. but Mike, you asked her if they seem artificial to her. Mm. Do they seem artificial to you? I'm biting my lips so bad right now. <laughs> my tongue, I mean. <laughs> Producer Mark, just producing, doing what he does best. Um, this is a moment of growth that I'm not saying anything. <laughs> good for you. Do they seem artificial to me? I, as of right currently, yes, just to the extent of right, like you know, I'm helping her take care of herself. I helped her shower the first time. I'm, I'm, he putting, washed my hair. It was yeah, so sweet. I'm putting you know, ointment on the scars and everything. So, you know, I'm able to look at it in a medical way and not a, a sexual way in the time being, right? Because they're off limits right now. She's in pain and let's just take care of her and heal her. So, but I think there is a, a getting used to period of like, it's it's still my wife, but it's just different. Right. Mm -hmm. So. But will you like them? I'll love them. That's good. Yeah. Cool. I think the thing with my daughter, because someone did DM me and said, what will you tell your daughter? And I think I would have, I feel like I'm going to sound like a total hypocrite right now. I feel like I would have, I know friends that have had them done when they were 18, 19, 20, mm -hmm. when they're younger. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, I always go, well, love yourself. And then I always say, wait till after kids. Because if you have a boob job before kids, your boobs are going to get ruined and destroyed. But then at the same time, mm -hmm. if it helps you get, get confidence... But mm -hmm. then I would never, like to Jolie, if she's like, I want a nose job, I'd be like, baby girl, no. Like, you have the most beautiful nose. But how could I say that when I'm like, well, mom, you got boobs to make yourself feel better? Because how we see our kids is completely different from how we see ourselves. Right. Correct. And I think I think a, 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 similar, a similar analogy to this is like tattoos, right? Like, Jan and mm -hmm. I both have tattoos. Jolie... The last couple of mornings has has drawn all over herself in the morning with a marker saying they're tattoos, and I love mm -hmm. tattoos. I want tattoos, and you have a sleeve, right? Tattoo. So, yeah. you know, but it's one of those things when the kids become of age, right? Even though we have a lot, and it's like we can't be hypocrites and say no, you can't get one. But at the same time, we're gonna be like, well, why don't you just wait? You know, and it's you don't want in, to your point, Mark. We look at them different. Like their body is this sacred thing. You know, that mm -hmm. we've created and we love so much and we want to protect it and we want them to feel beautiful the way that they God made them. But then we look at ourselves, we're like, ah, I want this, I want that. So it is, it is a similar analogy to that on how we handle decisions we've made or changes we've made to ourselves and how not to be hypocritical, but also supportive to our kids. Well, and that's why I hope that the conversation, because when, when I was 18, I mean, I've, I had flat boobs all the way up until I was 
pregnant. Like I didn't care. Like I liked smaller boobs and these still will be very small when they go down. But, you know, if Jolie wants big boobs, that will be hard when she's at a younger age because I'm going to be like, you don't need the big boobs. Like wait till after you have kids and then lift the suckers up. And then if you want bigger boobs then. But like because my dad, he called me and he's like, hey, I was watching your Instagram. He's like why are you getting boobs like you know he's like I think Mm -hmm. you're Mm -hmm. beautiful just the way you are you know and I ended up talking to him and I'm like because I'm a 37 year old woman who've had two kids and they're saggy and I just want to have a little confidence boost dad Mm -hmm. and you know but I appreciate you and I know that you love me for me so it's even when the kids are 37 38 years old we're still going to be like you don't need to change anything you're beautiful Mm -hmm. just the way you are but it is about just being like you know, I don't know. That's hard. The positive here is that I'll have perky tits. <laughs> that is one of the positives. <laughs> Another is if the kid, if Jolie wanted to get something done or Jace wanted to get something done, whatever it is, you know, it's ultimately our decision financially until they're able to pay for it themselves. So, mm. really, it's not like when they are 18, 19, 20, <laughs> we still have the final say. And we're not going to let Jolie convince us when she's 20 years old that she has to have boobs. Or she has to have this done. You know what I mean? Well, I don't even know if we want to touch on this topic. But what happens if they come to you at 12, 13 and want to do gender reconstruction? And, and you know, we got to tread lightly in this topic, too. Because mm-hmm. that's something where if they are identifying mm-hmm. with, like, if now I think... You know, I don't even know if we should go here, but I'm just saying. No, I'm. (laughs) I'm just I'm just saying, like, if they're if they're 12, 13, however old they're. And I don't know. I haven't done enough research. I'm not. But I've been I've heard and read stories of kids being 12 years old and saying, I am a female. I was raised or genetically female, but like I am. I want to be a male. I want to go through the process of being a male. Like, how could we as parents say no to that i wouldn't say flat out no because i wouldn't want to shut the door on maybe feelings that i don't understand but they are having but i would say say they're 13 and they're having this talk with us Mm -hmm. or whatever i would say come back to us in five years talk to us in five years because they're 13 years old They're in the most impressionable timeline of their lives, right? The teenage years. If you still feel this way, you can still, if you feel like, Jace, if you feel like there's a girl inside of you, you feel like you're meant to be a girl, fine. Act that way. Be that way. Dress that way. Whatever it means to you, do that. Let Let the physical transformation from a surgical standpoint be the last step. That's not, that doesn't have to be the first step. Mm-hmm. Let that be the last step. And if that's still the case when you're 18 or early 20s, okay, mm-hmm. sure. But I'm not going to let a 13-year-old dictate just because they're trying to find themselves and because of the um, awareness of today's society with with this topic you know it's something that they could it, it is now an, it is now something people feel more comfortable uh 
identifying with, right? Mm-hmm. Like when we were growing up, it wasn't really a. I didn't know to transgender. Right, like I was finding yourself. This wasn't part of the the options available. Yeah, I mean, gay. I found out gay when I was in high school, and transgender in my twenties. Right. So you know, but now because it, it's out there more, it's it's you know um, more talked about. Kids learn about it at a younger age, and so it becomes this. I won't. I'm not calling it an option, but it becomes a possible direction if a kid's trying to find himself at this impressionable age. There's so. This is such a hot topic nowadays, and it's so interesting. And you don't often hear about it from the parents' perspective. Which, I mean, maybe that's certainly secondary to the wishes of the person involved who's having these feelings. And I'm sure there is a. To Mike's point, there is a non-zero percentage of teenagers who are going non-binary and who are experimenting with the other gender who are maybe just going through a phase or maybe kind of and maybe that's controversial to say but i think it's a non-zero percentage right mm-hmm. because it's something everyone's talking about right now i do think it's great that everyone is so accepting of everything nowadays mm-hmm. when i was growing up no chance anybody could talk openly about this and be accepted by that school or their friends or anything so that's great that that's evolved to this point right from a parent's perspective, and this ties in with what we were talking about with plastic surgery and whatnot. My daughter was talking about darkening her hair the other day, and I was horrified because you're perfect just the way you are. <laughs> right. And that's something where I guess as parents, we have to get past that. Because if my daughter didn't want her name anymore, like we gave you that name as a baby, I would be just oh, devastated, devastated by mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So I think it's a I think it's a really hard thing for parents, and I really am impressed with parents who are so supportive and I like to believe I would be that, but I know there are elements of it I would have such a hard time with. We've had Billy Lee um, on our show uh, probably like a year and a half ago and we've actually remained friends. Um, She's transgender and um, we still DM, we still talk. um, And, you know, I think kind of what I took away from that is you don't want your kids to go through hardships or be bullied or, I mean, even Mm -hmm. from the littlest thing of when like, you know, I found out Jace had a stigmatism in his eyes and he's going to get glasses. I'm like, oh, God, kids are going to make fun of him. It's like you don't want your child to have hard. Uh, I mean, To have to deal with adversity, even though we all know that's what makes yeah. you stronger. It, right? Yeah, it's what makes yeah. you stronger. And right. it's like that they need that. But also like to to add more on top of it. Right. And more bullies like that's just like. I would be interested. I don't know if we could get him on the show, but. Uh, Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union. So their son, uh-huh. you know, he's like 11. Oh, identify right. is came out to his parents to say, I identify as a female. And they've been unbelievably supportive. And I, I respect the heck out of that. And I would like to think we would be the same way. Mm-hmm. But this question we're talking about would be interesting to, to propose to them. Be like, okay, your son now daughter, however they identify, they said they, you know, they want to be recognized as a female. They're young teens, however old they are. Ask that question to them. Mm-hmm. They propose a sex change. Say mom and dad. And obviously they have the money to do it. But like mom and dad. I actually think I read something like I would. There. I would like to have a physical sex change. What they would say to their child. That's of that age and, and wants to identify. Her name is, what is it, Zaya? Yeah, Zaya. She's 13. She came out at 11. Right. Yeah, there you go. 
And I think the bottom line is that whatever we want to do to our bodies, from breast augmentations to transgenders to our kids, it's just about really leaning in because, and I know I'm not trying to like bring this back around and be like, but I did it when I wanted to do it on my terms, what I wanted, not because I was trying to, you know, have big boobs because I thought Mike would like it or Mm -hmm. whatever. Like it's about like doing it for yourself, not for popularity, not for this, not for anything. So that's, I think whatever direction you go from whatever you want to do to change yourself or make yourself feel better. I think instead of, bullying or being mean or passing judgment just because you don't understand doesn't mean that it's it's you should do what you want to do to make you happy and and who you feel and and it stands the test of time yeah right it's not a it's not a knee-jerk reaction or decision it's something that you've talked about and thought about for years and planned around so you know, it's gonna be. This is we have a perfect guest for this kind of stuff today because we have uh, Dr. Hillary Goldsher, who's a clinical psychologist uh, for a private practice in Beverly Hills in Los Angeles. So we're gonna take a break and then get her on, and we have some topics around kids that we want to talk about. Yeah, some hot topics between Mike and I. Woo! Sure. <laughs> Let's take a break. Hey there. Did you know that May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is celebrating by highlighting some cool AAPI-owned brands like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Maeve. I mean, I love that a big brand like Macy's is supporting Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. It's important. But you know what? The best reason to check out these brands is that they're just really awesome. Seriously, you need to check them out. And you know what else? You have a great opportunity to open up access to college for AAPI students and help them succeed by donating to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. You can donate online or just round up your purchase at Macy's when you check out. So do what you can to help. Join Macy's and round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA scholars. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. Get ready to simplify your life with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. Stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Plus, with Wi-Fi for up to 10 devices, you can keep everyone entertained while on the road. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. Discover the convenience for yourself and see if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicles and operation compatible device and vehicle require. What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job, not a website, but a person in your community that would help you for free? Choose Express Employment Professionals and that's exactly what you'll get. Express Employment Professionals is the local jobs expert you can trust, and they never charge a fee to help with your job search. Go to expresspros.com to find the office near you or download the Express Jobs app to get started. With a wide range of opportunities in a variety of industries, from welding to sales, forklift operator to customer service, the team at Express is ready to help you or someone you know take the next career step. Whether you're looking for a contract job for the summer or a new full-time role, turn to Express Employment. 
Interviewing with Express Employment Professionals can be as easy as a phone call and one application with Express puts you in the running for numerous opportunities in your community. Don't go in your job search alone. Visit expresspros.com today. Hey there, mamas. Everyone knows how it goes. You're giving it your all to breastfeed or pump for your little one. But there are times when you might need a little extra help. That's where traditional medicinals Mother's Milk comes in. Mother's Milk is an organic herbal tea blend designed to support healthy lactation for breastfeeding and pumping moms. Plus, it's caffeine-free. Learn more about Mother's Milk at traditionalmedicinals.com forward slash Mother's Milk. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This project is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All right, so like we said, guys, we have Dr. Hillary Goldsher with us, who is a clinical psychologist uh, in Beverly Hills. And Hillary, Dr. Goldsher, what would you, what would you, what do you like to go by? Hillary, Dr. Hillary, either is fine. You're like, I worked hard for that doctorate. Call me Dr. Hillary. That's right. That's right. Um, Don't trust me without it. <laughs> yeah, right. So, you know, obviously nowadays with, with schooling and kids and, um, kind of all the changes that you know society isn't used to along along that lines Jana and I have, a, have had a lot of discussions around schooling and our kids future and what that looks like and we both grew up public school um you know you go to school I mean blue collar type mentality right you go you don't miss you do this and nowadays we just hear a lot more things changing with co-ops with homeschooling it looks a lot different these days and Jana brought to me recently about the idea of, was it doing like a co-op with some friends or a homeschool? So, okay. So this is what, just to kind of give a little other sidebar. Um, at times, um, I'll have to go do a movie, right? And it's, you know, like we just got done doing one in Vancouver and the whole entire, you know, it's a six, six weeks in Vancouver. And you know, in in um, in July, we're having to go a month um, to Connecticut, and luckily that that time is not during um, school time. But I started to kind of have a little anxiety around it because, you know, when Jolie starts kindergarten in August, and her, her public school, which again I've always been like public, 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 we're in a great school zone, but she can only miss eight days, and I know for us and our family. We're better together. Mike and I are better together. Um, I think we're better as a family unit. But then I started to think, am I being selfish by then taking the kids away from their, you know, activities, their activities, their, sports, their, their school, their friends? Or is it cool because I'm like, hey, we're going to go explore a different state now and we're going to go here and we're going to go to this museum and we're going to see this and, you know, the kids a private school you can they just give you your homework and it is what it is and it's again like for us like I think am I like am I being selfish by wanting that f- for our family and for the kids yeah um when we think of these sort of dilemmas which are the details are different but are on the hearts and minds of I think so many people right now in the face of the pandemic and in the aftermath it's kind of making people rethink what is what is education going to look like for our family for many reasons mm-hmm. and i like to take a step back and really recognize that most often when you're making these kind of decisions this may sound obvious but really leaning into the fact that there are trade-offs 
that it's imperfect, that no matter what choice you make, what decision you come to as a family, there's going to be um, pros and cons on both sides. And it's so hard as parents to sit in the sort of messiness of that because there's there's just a truth to it, right? Whatever mm -hmm. decision you make, and maybe we'll talk it out and, and think through for your family where it makes most sense to leave you folks. But if you take her out of the public school setting, there are trade-offs. So she may miss um, the local feel of walking to school, you know, the regular activities, all of those things, right? And if you take her to private school and you have the opportunity to have sort of a more expansive lifestyle with more family time, there's, there's pros and cons there as well. So I think stepping back and really accepting that part of your job here as parents is to sort of deeply lean into that truth, almost as like an energetic example to the kids that like life is a little messy, like mm -hmm. it's full of trade-offs. And when we make decisions, we have to accept that and sort of be resilient and be flexible and be spontaneous. For and sure. to get to the the micro part of what you're talking about, I mean, those are, are, are very real considerations and it's sort of like coming together as a family and figuring out what's our family culture? What are our family values? How are we gonna prioritize this stuff? Mm -hmm. And that is such a hard question. I mean, how do you prioritize family time and an expansive sort of lifestyle relative to her soccer games with her friends or, you know, walking to school and um, having everything so local? That's a tough one, but it's like, that's the deep dive that you guys have to do to start to decide how do we prioritize and how does that lead us to the path we're meant to be on? I, I kind of have a twofold question. I know that's not the right thing to do, but you know, the first one is how can, like, how do you do that when we have different views as, yeah. as, as parents? And then also another one too is I know kids are so adaptable. I mean, they're, I don't know if that's the right word, but they're, you know, with the masks and stuff, like I know they're still, I got an e email from the school, like they still have to wear their masks um, in the public school. And for some reason, I don't know what it is, but isn't there some, isn't that going to like psychologically mess them up a little bit? I mean, the fact that my two-year-old son for the past year and a half has just, you know, I mean, he's the most he's so afraid of going outside the house now because, and and I'm like, have we just, is he just going to be filled with anxiety now? Because we go five minutes away from home. He's like, home, 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 home. Because he's, he's not used to, he was quarantined. He's used to mm -hmm. being quarantined and, and we're not allowed to leave. And then like with my daughter too, in the mass, it's like, is, is, is that like messing them up psychologically with, with having to like hide our faces? And I don't know, it just, as a parent, I'm like, how do I like help them with that? Yes, I'm so glad you're asking this question because this comes up all the time in work that I do with parents uh, in, in sessions and in lectures, et cetera. But it's, I, I think we have to make a distinction between the impact a community crisis like COVID is going to have on ourselves or our kids and potential long lasting effects. So of course we don't know for sure, we don't have data on COVID and kids, not available to us yet, right? Mm -hmm. But we use other studies and evidence that we have around kids to make really good hypotheses. And my hypotheses, and I think my industry's hypotheses, are that there's an increase in anxiety amongst our kids and amongst ourselves. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we're affected or some of us are affected, how are our kids not going to be affected, right? So embracing that that's a truth, but also recognizing that much like 
other anxieties that they can resolve with time. They can be addressed with support and with resilience and with empathy and strategic sort of plans in place. So for kids, some kids, not all kids, but some kids have a version of what you were talking about with their two-year-old, where they're now worried to um, go outside. They're worried to be exposed to germs. They're worried to be um, not physically or socially distanced, right? Mm -hmm. So leaning into that, having a conversation with them about it, saying to your son, even at two, I have a three-year-old and I have a six-year-old, so I'm in it. Um, I have two little boys saying to your son a version of, gosh, I noticed. I noticed that when we go out, go outside or when we go do things that a party really wants to go home. Mm-hmm. And I get it. I get it. You feel nervous. We've been inside for so long. It's so different to go outside. Not trying to fix it in the moment, not trying to repair it, but to really honor those feelings. Much in the same way if you were talking to your husband and saying, I'm anxious about this. If he was like, oh, no, 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 it's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't feel super validating. That wouldn't feel super supportive, right? <laughs> you would want them to say a version of like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry you're feeling that way. It's the same for our kids. We want to say to them, I noticed you're feeling anxious. That's so hard. That's so scary. And then later say, you know, I was thinking again about how you were feeling anxious about going outside. What if we could come up with some ideas? What could we do? Right. And like take out a, a piece of paper. What could we do? We could mm-hmm. bring your favorite blanket. We could hold hands the whole time. We could have a secret code word if it's getting really hard. So I know to give you a snuggle, you know, those kind of things. So that you're doing sort of a two-part validating strategy and also like giving him some robust skills. I'm like, well, what do I do when I feel those things? Right. right. There's something that you had brought up, I think, on a past podcast. And I don't think we were talking to an actual you know, specialist about Jolie's anxiety. And if, if it's if it's if we've maybe taught her. Remember how you're like, you don't want her to get. Oh, oh where it felt um, it felt like codependent almost where our daughter she has a, a natural uh, direction towards the dramatic okay she's five years old and she is she is a drama queen princess diva already and we love her for it um, and we've done these Janet did a great job of like doing like breathing exercises with her right and it's amazing the fact that she's able to do that she's even we have, we have a video of her doing it to our son when he was upset it's like oh Jace, just breathe and it's great, but then when she gets super upset, she's like, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, like, help me breathe, help me breathe. And, you know, it's like, obviously, the protective parent in me wants to be like, okay, let's do this, like, I got you. And then the other part of me is like, am I am I enabling codependency? Is she always going to need someone else to help her breathe? Is, you know, but I don't want to be like, you got to do it yourself. So it's like... Like you do to me when I'm having a panic attack. You can breathe, you're fine. <laughs> You're breathing right now. Yeah, that's like what he said one time. That's funny. That was a long time ago. It was. was. But yeah. When we have them still in our home and they're under the age of 18, our our job is to do everything we can to fill them with the right resources and tools and support and guidance to get through hard stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about us. You're you're an adult, Jenna, and you still have anxiety and you still struggle with how to deal with it as many, many millions of people around the world do. And you need support from your loved ones. Sometimes you might need support from a professional, right? We wouldn't want to cut that off for you. We definitely don't want to cut it off for Jolie, who's five, right? Mm -hmm. So I understand your concern. There's a difference between um, coddling and not um, providing opportunities for your daughter to take responsibility. When it comes to feelings, we want to err on the side of 
wow, I'm so sorry, this is so hard for you. Mm-hmm. Here's some ideas of what we can do in this moment. I'm right here with you, right? And for sure. you, you don't have to take it on that you have to fix it in that moment. I mean, kind of as, as you guys are sort of um, looking at each other and, and rolling eyes at each other that like, right, Jana, part of I think what you want in the moment when you're feeling anxiety is someone to go like, I'm so sorry you're feeling this way. I'm, I'm here with you and, until it feels better. That's a version of what you can do with your daughter too. If she can't catch her breath and she just can't get on top of it to for you guys not to panic. Oh, I know that's so hard, love. We'll just all sit here together until you can catch your breath mm-hmm. right here. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of things as opposed to like escalating with her. Oh my God, what do I need to do? Am I doing too much? Am I doing too little? Like I'm right here. I'm right here, love. When you're ready to breathe, I'm gonna breathe with you. You know, kind of thing. That like you're escalating, you know, I, I hate to use the word drama, but to borrow it from you since that's the feel you get, that you're not um, contributing to it with your own panic or your own uncertainty about what you're doing. You're just leaning into the idea of like, right here with you, we're all going to be together until it starts to feel better. Mm-hmm. I know it's yeah. Instead of going, what's the next second? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? And kind of escalating with her. And I always tell parents, that doesn't mean it's not messy. It doesn't right. mean it's not hard in that for you guys just because you're saying those things because you're doing the quote right thing in the moment doesn't mean inside you're not dying doesn't mean inside your heart isn't breaking doesn't mean it doesn't feel messy and yucky mm-hmm. right I, I i like to say all the time i feel this way in my own household that like if it feels kind of messy and uncomfortable i know i'm doing the right thing i'm not all the time but mm-hmm. when i'm having really tricky moments with my kids that means i'm sitting in the mess that means i'm not trying to fix it i'm not trying to force them to make it go away i'm sort of saying in this family we honor tricky feelings i'm here with you and i'll be here with you until it passes Mm -hmm. so that's like the narrative you want to send rather than getting over fixated on what the intervention is in the moment if that makes sense no I, i love it hey there did you know that may is asian american and pacific islander heritage month Macy's is celebrating by highlighting some cool AAPI-owned brands like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Maeve. I mean, I love that a big brand like Macy's is supporting Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. It's important. But you know what? The best reason to check out these brands is that they're just really awesome. Seriously, you need to check them out. And you know what else? You have a great opportunity to open up access to college for AAPI students and help them succeed by donating to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. You can donate online or just round up your purchase at Macy's when you check out. So do what you can to help. Join Macy's and round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA scholars. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. Get ready to simplify your life with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. Stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Plus, with Wi-Fi for up to 10 devices, you can keep everyone entertained while on the road work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. Discover the convenience for yourself and see if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicles and operation compatible device and vehicle require. What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job, not a website, but a person in your community that would help you for free? 
Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that's exactly what you'll get. Express Employment Professionals is the local jobs expert you can trust, and they never charge a fee to help with your job search. Go to expresspros.com to find the office near you or download the Express Jobs app to get started. With a wide range of opportunities in a variety of industries, from welding to sales, forklift operator to customer service, the team at Express is ready to help you or someone you know take the next career step. Whether you're looking for a contract job for the summer or a new full-time role, turn to Express Employment. Interviewing with Express Employment professionals can be as easy as a phone call, and one application with Express puts you in the running for numerous opportunities in your community. Don't go in your job search alone. Visit expresspros.com today. Hey there, mamas. Everyone knows how it goes. You're giving it your all to breastfeed or pump for your little one. But there are times when you might need a little extra help. That's where traditional medicinals Mother's Milk comes in. Mother's Milk is an organic herbal tea blend designed to support healthy lactation for breastfeeding and pumping moms. Plus, it's caffeine-free. Learn more about Mother's Milk at traditionalmedicinals.com forward slash Mother's Milk. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I want to shift gears here for a second to more like the education aspect, like with children and, you know, with, especially with the pandemic stuff, with ideas of co-ops and homeschooling becoming more relevant, right? And those options being more out available. I, again, kind of like I was explaining at the beginning was I just come from a family. It's like, you don't miss school, you go to school, you come home, you do your homework, all that stuff. And I know we have some friends that homeschool or are doing a co-op and part of their motivation is to kind of control the curriculum, right? Kind of dictate what they think their kids should be learning and not learning. My personal opinion conflicts with that just because I would still like, sure, are Jolie and Jace going to be chemists or biologists? I don't know, maybe. But if you take away history or science or these general knowledge things that you learn in grade school and high school like how well-rounded can you be if you're just being like oh I only use this in my life so my kids are just gonna learn a b and c so I just have a hard time with it I know we hurt Jan and I have discussed it a little bit I think you still have to pass like a certain curve like there's still a certain test like to go to the next grade like you have to know certain things right in public school private school I'm not sure that that is true Mm -hmm. Interesting. So I guess my, my question to you is, you know, I'm sure just like anything, right? There's there's you give and take on each side. But what's your personal opinion when it comes to the education aspect for young kids and kind of your belief? Yeah, it's such a good question. And I have to admit that in the sort of during and in the aftermath, if we can call it that of, of COVID, I, too, have kind of been reevaluating my personal relationship with public education versus Mm -hmm. private education Mm -hmm. it's given us all kind of a window into oh maybe we can tailor make our educational journey for our kids in a way that we really hadn't thought about or didn't feel possible and you know sort of trying to decide what i make of that and i too wrestle with the idea of i want my kids to be resilient and sort of meet challenges and not be um overly um uh overly guided um so that can there's room for struggle so Mm -hmm. there's room for you know resilience building and there's room for them to find um their own path and make their own mistakes and pick themselves up uh 
also, I've been thinking about the importance of meeting uh, a child where they are um, and, and having um, dedicated, like-minded, really, um, really warm, lovely teachers to think about my children more deeply uh, than sure. in a, a public school setting. Mm -hmm. And so those things are really on my mind. And I have to say for me, I mean, and perhaps not surprisingly since I am a psychologist, but <laughs> for me, you know, the idea that um, who my child is and who the rest of the children are um, around my child and what best meets both my individual, individual child's needs, I'm thinking my six-year-old at the moment, um, mm -hmm. and the rest of the children's needs and the dynamics of the classroom feel really important to me. Mm -hmm. um, that probably leads me in the direction of, of a private school personally. Um, and I too struggle a, a great amount, frankly, um, with the idea of what a private school, uh, public school setting can offer in terms of the child kind of having to find their own way. Mm -hmm. bit, right. So I think it's important to suss out if you go the private school direction, kind of what's the balance there? In what ways does a private school encourage and implement very clear ways on how children develop um, their own way of thinking, uh, a sense of responsibility, how they handle um, mistakes and failures? Um, are, are, is, is that kind of dynamic environment encouraged or is it a little bit too narrow um, for those things to occur? For so, sure. Right, and I, I, I think that if you can look, I mean, and we're talking about a, a pretty privileged problem I want to acknowledge. Not everyone has right. the resources to send their children to private school, and I really want to acknowledge that. And and, um, and not uh, not everyone gets gets to have this this discussion, mm -hmm. right? But if, if you're fortunate not to have it, um, really be a, being, being able to do a deep dive into what the private school setting is, and can you weave in those dynamics that naturally, more naturally occur in a public school setting? In theory, if you do that, you have the best of both worlds, in theory. In the yeah, in theory. I have, I think one of my biggest fears around kind of really changing my mindset around it, being more open to private or homeschool or co-op or whatever it looks like is, it's like, I feel like the whole culture change, right? Where back in the day, quote unquote, you know, come home and you get a bad grade, your parents ask you like, what'd you do wrong? And nowadays, the whole joke about they go to the they go to the teachers. It's like, what did you do wrong, right? It's not their kids' fault. It's the teachers' fault that they didn't know the information. So, along with that kind of running trend, I fear that you know maybe parents that do co-op or do homeschool or private school maybe are trying to take some of the 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 parenting off of themselves and really control what their kids learn by having the teacher teach them everything they need to teach, right? So then it's not on the parents to teach them anything when the kids get home. And I have an issue with that, right? Because I feel like we're very hands-on parents. We take pride in being the parents. And I think parents just put too much on teachers' plates and expectations that they expect their kids to learn everything from top to bottom. And they come home and they don't know it. It's the teacher's fault. It's like, no, you're a parent. You still have to teach them. And so I make up that unfair stereotype of that's the kind of parents that are doing the uh, the alternatives which is completely unfair for me to say i'm not saying that all of them are like that that's just like my fear is that's the kind of surrounding that our children would be in yeah well i love that you're thinking about that actually and i think that you can account for that or buffer that potential dynamic 
in your own family culture, right? Mm -hmm. That if you decided to do a co-op or homeschool or private school, et cetera, that at the beginning you sit down with Jolie, who I think you said is five and is ready to participate in a version of the following conversation. So mom and dad made this decision, we're gonna homeschool you. And that we have amazing teachers and we have a wonderful classroom setting. It's gonna be exciting and fun and here are all the things that you're gonna to get to learn about and experience. And also mom and dad are gonna be super involved in this because we are dedicated to your education. It is our job to make sure that you're exposed to all the things that we think are important so you can be a good citizen in the world, so you can make a decision about doing something you love. So you're going to see your teachers being really invested and uh, involved in you learning, but you're also going to see mom and dad really invested and involved in what you're learning. Mm -hmm. And so that you can, you can continue, there's a continuum, and you can bring that dynamic that you're talking about, which I kind of love, home. I mean, I understand you're not wanting to... Um, uh, accuse teachers of, of uh, not doing enough or, or, or parents oh, not no, doing no, enough, no. et cetera, right? That, that's not what you're getting at. But right, the idea of like, wait, I, I don't want to hand this off. I want to participate. Mm -hmm. And you can do that by bringing in, you know, supplemental projects, you know, books that you're interested in by having regular dialogue with your daughter or the teachers about what's happening, what's not happening. And and supplementing through your own teachings, through your own experiences that you have, and just talking about what's important to you. So For that sure. um, if you're noticing um, she's not completing the, the homework or reading that she's supposed to be doing, right? That, that you take that on. This mm -hmm. is something really important, mom and dad. We really are invested in the idea of responsibility. And your responsibility this week is to read three books. Yeah, for sure. Read, right? Yeah. So that those important kind of life values and sort of parental insights are not lost just because you've you've gone down a different academic route. Yeah, and I just, I mean, I never, and, and like you said, like it seems so privileged to be talking about private school. And honestly, like I'm the cheapest person out there. And I've always been like, I am never sending my kids to private school. And that's why I wanted to have a conversation because I, I feel selfish that I'm because I want the family to be together. Like, that's the only reason why. Because when I heard eight days, I was like, what? Like, then I, I'm like, I could never go a month without seeing, you know, my kids. And so it's, you know, just kind of talking that out but I think you know again it's just like us having a conversation what's best for our family and mm -hmm. you know it, it, when if if and when that happens that you know I book ever book a series in Vancouver or whatever you know like what that looks like and you know how we make it work and how our values might have to you know mold a little bit together but I, I kind of want to switch gears though on couples in, post pandemic because I feel like, you know, we saw a lot of divorces, but I also think it's helped a lot of marriages too. What's one of the things that you saw that has been, that was beneficial for couples during the pandemic and post-pandemic? Yes. Um, well, a, a number of things come to mind, but what rises to the top is this sort of mixed bag um, of dynamics that have shown up. So couples have been required to be physically and mentally and emotionally um, in the same space way more than they were prior. And in many of the couples that I've worked with, that provoked issues to reveal themselves. And oftentimes, folks found themselves in my virtual office um, uh, when they, they wouldn't have been, right? And so although it started tricky or sort of conflictual, 
it provided an opportunity for vulnerability, authenticity, and eventually sort of connection and closeness. So really this exposure to one another. And it, 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 I say mixed bag because it, it had both effects. I mean, I had lots of folks come into my office and feeling like uh, their pet peeves about their partner, their frustrations with their partner, the lack of intimacy, lack of communication, difficulty dealing with conflict was just enhanced and increased um, given all the time they were spending together. And it gave them an opportunity to face it and think about it rather than suppress it, dismiss it, avoid it. And what do so. you, and what like, because for me, I think one of the things that I have a hard time with is in the moment when we're having an argument, and we talked about this a few podcasts ago, but I'm like, it's over, it's done. Like, I'm like, this is the end of the world. Like, how do you not go to that place mm-hmm. when when you're in the, like, here it is again, this is the same fight and it's not resolving and it's not changing and and it's and it's that blow up fight, but to not go to... Because he goes to the bedroom and he's like, it's just another fight. We'll be fine. And I'm like, you know, like this is the end of the world. Like I I can't do this anymore, you know. And he's just like. Just wait till you get the email from the lawyer tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. And I was going to ask you, do you actually say that out loud? I did say that the last time. Yeah. And and shamefully, I I did say that the last time. Um, But. Yeah, it's been a long time since you had it. It's it was it was it's been a long time since I've said that, and I think it's because I I'm not gonna make an excuse for it, but you know I, in those moments it just feels so much that I'm like, how do I not let it just take over all of me, so that way I can just be like it's just a fight we will be fine, things need to change and grow but it's not the end of the world and I don't need to throw in the I can't do this anymore expect a letter from Rose yes yeah. Yeah. better if you did yeah. but I would I would do this I mean and it's it's much easier to do this in an objective calm moment but a good exercise sort of trying to make a verbal agreement to not go there is is, is a really good idea it doesn't mean you never will doesn't mean you won't make a mistake. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what it is to be human and walk through the world together as a couple, right? But to at least try to commit to the idea of like, I'm, I'm really going to try not to do that. I'm going to try not to um, leave that collateral damage um, a- along with the, the difficulty that comes from the conflict. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the ways that will help you do that, will help both of you do it, depending on if that comes up mutually, is leaning much more into the feeling. So instead of leaning into the narrative of like, oh my God, here we go again. We're never gonna get through this. It's always gonna be like this. Things will never change. We can't make it. Really leaning into the feeling either out loud or to yourself or both of like, I feel so hopeless. I feel so Mm. scared, Mm. so anxious, so angry. You know, whatever the feelings are that have come up and be able to, if it's a safe enough space, be able to say that. You could even say out loud, God, I'm in that moment where I feel like saying to you, we're never going to work. We're mm-hmm. never going to last. But instead, I'm going to tell you, I'm so angry at you. I'm so angry at you that you just can't get this. I'm so angry at you that you won't put your arms around me right now. I'm so disappointed that this happened again. And that that will, there's a relief. There's like a tension relief that comes from saying our true, deep, vulnerable feelings that um, mitigates the need to say those other things because sure. we feel so um, triggered, right? And wh- you probably notice this with your kids, at least sometimes, that if you're able to name the feeling, that there's a shh, it's like letting the air out of the balloon kind mm-hmm. of thing. So that's, that's a way to help keep yourself from being heightened. And if it doesn't feel 
safe, for lack of a better word, to say that to, to Mike in the moment for whatever sets of reasons, at least even saying that to yourself. Of like, what's like, what am I really feeling deeply here right now? Mm. Why am I so triggered? I'm really scared. I'm yeah, so scared. I, I love that. Like, I just feel hopeless. Like, that's because that's such a vulnerable and hopefully, yes. you know, that's, yes. a, like I, that's a way I, for it, you to settle. Yeah. If yeah. I heard that from you, like you came in the room instead of saying, <laughs> You're going to get an email from Rose tomorrow being like, I just feel so <laughs> hopeless right now. Yeah. I would right, be like, a, yeah. Yeah. That's like, I mean, it gives me like the chills, like talking about it because it's such a connecting, vulnerable thing. And it's having a dynamic uh, way of fighting um, is intimacy building. Right. Which might sound rascal, but it is because if you say to him, I feel hopeless, I feel scared then you can hear that and probably feel empathy or compassion or love or a desire to comfort her or something. Mm -hmm. And you were being vulnerable. So instead of hearing about Rose, the lawyer, you're hearing about like, oh, she's scared inside. Yeah, for sure. Closer to her. And so, look, we don't, we don't, we don't bat like a thousand at, at that every time. But to the extent that we can start weaving that into how we do conflict, it makes such a big difference. Yeah, and I think that's we need to learn how to do conflict better because we both want to be heard, and that's you know our biggest thing with our therapists is is trying to like that's I think the the that's most what escalates us. Yeah, that's because yeah. we just were like one one one. We just keep going louder and louder and louder. But yeah. um, so definitely we gotta we'll work on our conflict. But we we so appreciate um you coming on and just talking about everything. I could talk to you all day, but I know that you've got um clients. Can, where can our listeners find you, reach out, and um, can they actually use you as a psychiatrist too? Yeah, yeah. Where? So so two ways, yeah. So you can find me at my website, which is drhillarygoldsher.com, and it's G-O-L-D-S-H-E-R. And then I'm just doing a relaunch of my Instagram, and it's um, at drhillaryla. And it will be populated with content in like the next two weeks or so. And it will be sort of chock full of like parenting stuff, couple stuff and self-care stuff. So if you follow now, it will be um, pretty empty. But if you if you stay for a couple of weeks, it'll be it'll be populated soon. So Amazing. I guess I'm taking clients in right now. Um, everything is still virtual given COVID, but um, that makes uh, my schedule a bit more flexible. Awesome. awesome. Well, thank, thank you, you so Hillary. much. Yeah, thanks for having me. So glad to talk to you guys. You too. Thank you. I'm sure, we'll talk to you again. Okay. <laughs> Bye, girl. Bye. I love just having like a real clinical therapist on, psychiatrist. No, it's it's good to talk through that stuff. And I think, you know, on the topic of the education things, it's just, it's interesting to, to just have the conversations more, you know, around just the possibilities of education and what that looks like and to get out of at least my own narrow mind and think about possibilities. Yeah. Cause we have friends that you're like, co-op, you know, like you're going to homeschool. Why would, and then, and then it's like, Oh, well, actually I really kind of like the sounds of homeschool now, you know, and because of certain COVID things or this or that or the other. And it's just, yeah, I still, I, we just don't want to mess up. I don't want to mess up as a parent. So I just want to make the best decision. I'm trying not to be selfish, but yet I'm being selfish. because I don't want to be without my family during a movie. I'm scheduling. I literally scheduled the next movie so that I don't miss, you know, Jolie's first day of kindergarten and that right. we don't have to be separated. Right. But there's going to come a time where, it, you know, again, this is all champagne freaking problems, but I just, yeah, but I wanted to talk about really just like how it might affect her. But think about though, everyone deals with this to an extent based around their careers. 
So whatever your career is, right, you have to, whether it's to move, you might have to move for another opportunity. You might have to, you know, change your schedule because of how the other person's work schedule is. So everyone deals with this on a different spectrum. This is just ours because of the, you know, occupation that you have outside of the things that we do. Yeah. And so it's just our obstacle to, to face as a family. Just like it's everyone It's just so hard, you know, with my boob job. And <laughs> well, I think that wraps up another episode. Okay, I got to take some pills. All right. Till next week. Bye. Later. Hey there, mamas. Everyone knows how it goes. You're giving it your all to breastfeed or pump for your little one. But there are times when you might need a little extra help. That's where traditional medicinals Mother's Milk comes in. Mother's Milk is an organic herbal tea blend designed to support healthy lactation for breastfeeding and pumping moms. Plus, it's caffeine-free. Learn more about Mother's Milk at traditionalmedicinals.com forward slash Mother's Milk. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This project is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You know, I don't even know where to start with this because it's the comfort, it's the style, it's the whole look. That's what I love about my Tacovas. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots. And Tacovas is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacovas boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacovas has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Shop by your local Tacovas store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's Tacovas, T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. He was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.